Hello and welcome to another training episode of the Green Circle Podcast, brought to you by the Electricity Hub. I am your host, Ekene. Every week, we bring you an analysis of topical issues around renewable energy. While contributing the least to the global accumulation of greenhouse gas emissions, Africa is yet the region vulnerable to the most impacts of climate change. At the COP26 summit held in Glasgow, African countries pushed for more finance to protect against climate change. However, several challenges appear to hinder climate transactions in the region. With me today is Oluwatobi at ABC. He is an energy finance expert at Renewables Academy. We will be discussing how the just-concluded COP26 summit will affect climate finance in Africa. Welcome, Oluwatobi. It's nice to have you on the podcast. Nice to have you too as well. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, so can you give us a brief analysis of the state of climate financing in Africa? So first and foremost, climate finance have two actions targeted at climate change. And so it's either their mitigation actions or adaptation actions. And according to climate funds updates, about 5.9 billion US dollars have been approved for 829 projects and programs throughout Sub-Saharan Africa. And this is since 2003. And just 37% of the approved funding for these multilateral climate funds has been approved for adaptation measures. I appreciate the fact that grant financing has continued and will continue to play a crucial role, especially for adaptation actions in ensuring that climate actions secure multiple benefits for the African populace at large. Okay, so what has been the challenge with disbursing committed financing in the region? So I think it's largely a combination of too few viable, scalable projects and too many systemic challenges which have been slowing down the flow of committed capital, especially climate capital. And some of these systemic challenges are either inconsistent and competing public organizations' mandates in how best to organize the institutions for climate finance and how much to prioritize it. And so it's important to know that climate finance relies on these implementing agencies. But some of these agencies are not designed for climate change and also some of them are not structured for climate change. And this could hinder the flow of capital to urgently needed projects. Also, part of the systemic challenges are the fewer financial instruments and uh, risk models. It's quite interesting to know that for adaptation and mitigation projects, they both have their distinct risk-related challenges that can impede the flow of climate finance. And so, for example, climate adaptation projects, the risk of climate degradation to infrastructure is often too long-term for many more conventional investors um, to accurately calculate. However, for mitigation projects, the risk can be too high in the short term. Another systemic challenge would be the weak local capacity to disburse these funds. So where LFIs, local financial institutions, are investing in climate mitigation projects, some of these projects may necessarily not align with available capital and projects can be perceived as higher risk than they are. So I believe this is largely due to the lack of familiarity with non-recourse lending from some of the local financial institutions. Or it could also be a mismatch between banks borrowing terms and project requirement and various other factors and also I think the need for capacity development in risk management those are the challenges I think that has been impeding the disbursement of committed financing particularly climate financing in Africa all right so what should African countries do to ensure they can assess this finance 
Amongst the myriad of things that African countries need to do in order for them to assess climate financing, the local financing industry must deliver solutions that fit African needs. And also they need to learn from global best practices and also they need to increase collaboration amongst themselves. That is one critical thing that African countries need to do. The second thing will also be for African countries to have their nationally determined contributions, NDCs, which were set under the Paris 2015 agreement. And it's very important that the regulators pay very close attention to ensure that the finance industry aligns with the global landscape for climate action so that they can create a policy environment that can attract climate financing at a larger scale. Thank you very much. What do you think the Western nations can do to follow through their climate financing commitments in Africa? Great. For me, I think it's very important for the Western nations to follow through with their climate financing commitments to Africa, given to the fact that particularly Sub-Saharan Africa is the region least responsible for global climate change and also the most vulnerable to its impact. And so a multitude of actors, that is the multilateral climate funds, which largely comes from some of these Western nations, would be required to be involved in directing this climate finance to the region for the purpose of supporting the development of low carbon efforts or technology, and also to help African um, countries adapt to the severe impact that they are already being felt. Okay, so lastly, what do you think Africa as a continent needs to have to get prepared to face the impacts of climate change? That's a very good question. To be honest, I think the continent needs every resource is available to prepare to face the impact of climate change, both tangible and intangible resources. But for me, most importantly, the human resource is very key, and that is the people. The continent is projected to have an increase in population size, and it becomes very crucial for African governments to educate and create massive campaigns and awareness about climate change. This is not a tax that needs to be done in the foreseeable future. This is something that needs to be done now. As a matter of fact, this is supposed to be a lowest hanging fruit for government and policymakers to ensure that they create this massive campaign and awareness about climate change and also educate the populace. All right, thank you very much, Lima Tobi. We hope to have you on more episodes in the future. You can check out our website at www.theelectricityhub.com and listen to our previous episodes at podcasts.theelectricityhub.com. Thanks for listening.